Hi everyone, good afternoon, global citizens. I hope you're all doing well. I am sitting here today for part three or four. We're not keeping track because that's not the point with Gabby, the life coach. Hi, Gabby. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi, uh, I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. How is life treating you with everything that's going on with public health problems with COVID, global issues, women's rights, children's rights, fighting, wars, misunderstandings? Wow, that's not a small question. <laughs> uh, well, life treating me good, to be honest. Because um, what we said last time, just a little bit, um, it depends on how you uh, arrange your own life as well, because you can't really be involved with all the problems of the world uh, at the same time. But for me, it's just to see what you can do in your own in your own space and your own environment and to think about what do you want in this world? How do you want to be in this world actually? So yeah, how I am in all those things, I, I keep up my own energy and I try to uh, uh, do that as much as possible for me and the people surrounding me and hopefully it will spread, spread, spread. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. I understand the whole you have to take care of yourself if you want to make a change and an impact, even in your own life, actually. Because not taking care of yourself will probably not have a great positive impact in your own life. So I tell people, either way you look at it, whether it's a matter of you need to take care of yourself and there's no one around you you have to take care of, or you have a job that demands that you take care of people because you are a mother, a father, a child, a person working in any situation or institution, it is really important to take care of ourselves. And I think COVID is showing us now that each person matters. Seven billion people, each one of us matters. And why do each one of us matter? Because if one of us still has COVID, all of us can get COVID. I think this is me just trying to put it in a different perspective compared to how maybe someone would have it. I think the issue that many youth might have is seeing people that represent their government or their institutions, but don't represent their voice, necessarily their modern day voice. And I think that's why when I look at the news everywhere, because I have to with work, I, I want to know what's going on because it's part of my work, but I also have to. So it's a conjunction of both. But what I understand is many people are starting to take power into their own hands and in the wrong way in many, many situations. But why do people do that? Because my favorite part of medicine, my favorite branch of medicine is public health because it links everything that I like about medicine, which is why I even went into studying it, mental health and physical health, as I said. But what is the clinical psychology of a person who is considered a psychopath, a dictator, uh, a woman, a rapist, a, a terrorist? What makes a person that? Because it's not just oh, you're a terrorist, you're this, because now I can brand you. I have a name that describes one part of your personality. My thing is, what makes, what is the clinical psychology of a deranged or demented psychopath? What is the clinical psychology of a terrorist? What is the clinical psychology of a rapist? Because if we understand, no one's born a racist, no one's born good or bad. It's their societies, it's sometimes the politics in their countries, it's religious 
misunderstandings and cultural pain that so many people carry for hundreds of years for what happened to their ancestors. And they carry it on because history does repeat itself. Because here we are living 100 years later with history repeating itself in the Middle East, repeating itself with COVID, repeating itself with so many things. So I say, instead of the battling and the shooting and the gunning and the millions of court cases that will happen endlessly for us to realize that someone is a psychopath because we already knew that, to stop more psychopaths being raised not born, because like I said, no one's born a psychopath. To stop more psychopaths being raised, we need to use more psychology, more life coaching, more people who are like, I'm supposed to sit here with a person who's killed a hundred people and find out why and where. But how does someone trust you enough to share their pain if they're a psychopath or a terrorist? They have to trust you. You cannot be a government official. They will never share that information with you. You cannot be a police officer. They don't care what you have to say because you're part of that system. And I think that's why in many countries, especially in the U.S., from what I observe, is people are trying to get the guns down and the police as first action anywhere and everywhere because that just aggravates situations worse. So I don't know what you have to say about how what goes on in our minds it stays locked in our minds. And I think men have it a lot harder to express themselves because they're supposed to be culturally men or have male energy. And then they bottle things in and then a psychopath is created because that's what happens when you bottle in pain, anger, stress, distress, social and societal problems, personal problems. When you bottle that in, that's exactly what happens is you lose it. Yeah, you make... A few interesting points, like uh, f exactly the the starting point, like nobody is born this way. It's It's been uh, uh, a result of the system we live in. Uh, for me personally, uh, I think we have, we could do some work in the system because we made a lot of systems and we built systems on it. Because what you said like about a psychologist and, uh, and I really believe in everything everybody does, but I think it's, it starts um, to let go of all the system thinking and to reconnect to each other because we put everything in a box even if you are, uh, uh, um, how do you call it, you know, one of the, the uh, stereotypes. Even then you uh, have to see like what's, what's going on there, what's, what's in the, who is this person? Who, and I think really we should see and connect to children as well. Like what is really going on? Because you said like about the um, internal struggle people have and everybody has internal struggles. I actually believe that's why we on this world, like to become yourself, to get into contact with your internal struggles, but listening to each other on a, on a good, so you don't have to wait till uh, somebody is turning 20 something and the police has to come or the yeah. guns have to come or the psychologist has to come into place. Now, if you just really, really start listening to each other, what, what's happening, if you see a child who is bothered and that's what I see said and meant to take care of your own environment. Look around you, look around, look at the street. If you see somebody who you think like he could need some help. He needs somebody to talk to. He needs a listening ear, somebody to, uh, he can do his story to. That's so much more helpful, 
I think then letting somebody be struggling on their own all the time. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm not going on the street and talk to everybody. But, but just pay attention and, and try to carefully listen. And, and, and on the other part, like the big world problems, the big world systems we're in. And I'm really glad. I'm actually really hopeful because I see a lot of young people and we have to treasure them. Uh, I see a lot of young people having another mindset than the mindset we were grew up we grew up in and the people before us grew up in. They have like a genuine feeling for um, animal care, like mm-hmm. for the environment. There's so much young people who we, we discussed this a few weeks ago about uh, the gun rights in in the states when there were a lot of young people fighting this. They have a they have a different voice. And they want they want something different, so we have to nourish that. I think we like the older people quote. <laughs> uh, we have to nourish them, and and uh, and then things will fall into place. And they have a uh, also like social media, internet. You can say what you want about all those platforms, but it gives them a a, a platform to to show their mind, to give a voice to what they're thinking. And as long as people connect to that, it will grow. So that's why I always say start from the beginning, start where your heart lies, where you, what, which makes you happy. And then this will evolve because people will connect to it. Yeah. And then the connection will start and, and then the systems can change because we can't change the systems by fighting the systems. You change the systems by making new systems, which are the systems we want, like the systems we would live, want to live in. Yeah, and speaking about systems, you're very right, right? Because a system, one system cannot work for 20 years, 30 years because new generations come into the world, new issues come into the world. So when you have a system that's a thousand years old, a hundred years old, 60 years old, however long it might be, and it's working for the population, if more people can say the system works for them, then maybe you can try to change parts of the system for those it doesn't work for, because then they're a minority and then it makes it even easier. You can't make everyone happy, but that's not the goal of life is not making everyone happy because you are working in anything, anywhere, actually. The goal is that people can say, I don't like that person, but I like that they're doing their job well. Or I don't agree with that person's religion or that person's political viewpoint or that person's whatever. I don't have to agree, but I I respect that the person is doing their job the way they're supposed to. Because like you mentioned, there are youth who have a voice right now. And there's a good thing and a bad thing when it comes to social media, right? Because many people get exposed really early to what's going on in the world. But I'm also like, that's the modern day world. Maybe our great grandparents didn't have internet, fine. But this is the world we live in. We're a lot more aware. But I do remember when I was younger, my grandmother used to call me. She was like, he's really, really intelligent. And I'm but I didn't understand what intelligence was. I was just connected to the World Wide Web and I had traveled and I'd met people and I'd been educated by different cultures. But she was like, oh, this child is intelligent. And I, now I think about it and I'm like, I think we are, our great grandparents maybe were part of a narrow society and they only knew what was around them and maybe not so much more. But now I can know what's happening in the tiniest island in the whole world from my office room. 
which is really interesting and really great. But I see a lot of youth venting their anger on social media and then attacking each other in the process. So on one side, as a medical practitioner working in health, I'm all about let it out because if not, it will destroy you. If it doesn't destroy you physically by causing blood pressure problems, heart attacks, um, failures of your organs, because yeah, blood pressure leads to your kidneys failing, your kidneys failing means other organs fail. Mm -hmm. Or you can decide, I have a certain mindset maybe of how I need things to work because I'm all about mind and body, body and mind. One cannot work without the other because you can have a really healthy body and really get sick all of a sudden with something that has not been traced by your doctor that knows you. And why is that? Because your mind has not been healthy for a really long time because many people bottle things in, they accept abuse that could be verbal, it could be physical, it could be so many things and they just go, this is how it's meant to happen to me. This is what my life is meant to be like. And I'm like, but until when? So if it happens once, because it's meant to happen, right? Until when do you allow it to keep on happening, to keep on destroying you until you snap? And that's when the psychopath comes out. Because when I keep saying psychopaths, it's not me saying other people are psychopaths and I'm not. We all have tendencies to become psychopaths. That's something that many people should realize is we all have psychopathic nature. When we get angry at someone who did something bad to us, that is psychopathic nature. But how do we curb? How do we deal with? How do we cope with our psychopathism? I don't know if I'm inventing words. I invent words in like languages, like Spanish. People are like, "Mm, that word doesn't exist, but I like it. (laughs) But anyway, just um, realizing that importance of learning how to deal with our anger. For me, I will do boxing i will do running i will go hiking i'll do whatever i can to let it out i will tell the person that you have angered me because i know that if it affects me then it affects my job and it affects if it affects my job then it affects a lot of people that i work with and then that's not fair because then i'm not doing my job correctly so just going into female energy now because i think it's really important for us to talk about female energy many people might be like oh this is too spiritual for me but if you listen long enough you'll get the point of why I like the spirituality and the life coaching that you bring because it's not just general or just medical. It's also experiences from life. And that's what makes it spiritual. That's what makes it humane is that it's your life experiences from around. Many women have not had a voice in many regions of the world, maybe in most or all regions of the world. I can't even speak for women because then I'm just being a hypocrite for what I say. I'm trying, we're trying to do differently in this generation, but How do you see the difference between female energy and male energy, I guess? Yeah, good question. Um, We have the tendency to um, divide male and female energy into a people. But from the Chinese perspective, from my perspective at the the moment, I see, uh, it's you know about yin and yang. It's it's like one system with two different kind of energies. Yang is the male energy. Yin is the female energy, so it's actually one system having both. Mm-hmm. So that's how. I, so I normally uh, call it masculine and feminine energy. So it gets a bit off the gender, 
and I think to have a nice balance into how, because yin and yang is balanced, a nice balance into your system, into the world system. That will be the flowing path we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The last time we talked about movement, getting things in movement. So you must make sure no energy gets stuck, what you just described as well. You don't want your, if you go boxing, that's typically uh, masculine energy. If you go and rest, like in the evening, if you sit down, make a cup of tea, sit on the couch, that's feminine energy. Doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, you can do that. But I think in the last couple of years, a lot of couple of years, there, there has been a lot of masculine energy in this world. Like in the systems, there has been a masculine energy. You have to think of like doing things, getting things done, uh, setting goals, uh, achieving, making money, making power. It, that's really male masculine energy. And we have this in this world a lot. And now what you see, COVID for example, is a perfectly good example of feminine energy. Because people literally have to go back in their houses, literally have to look into themselves, uh, uh, rest, because you can't go anywhere. So that's typical female energy, like creating things, feeling your, it's, and it's a bit undervalued to, in my opinion, the last thousands of years. And I, I see and I feel a change, like feminine energy is more and more accepted. People are, um, are, yeah, are accepting each other. If you say like, I don't want to go out tonight, I just need to recover for a night or I need to sit down or I need to um, uh, color for a night, you know, to do something creative or to, to just reflect or whatever, that doesn't mean like achieving goals people ask a lot what are you doing what are you doing what are you gonna do what did you do we're, we're always talking about the doing path and not so much about uh, uh, to really reconnect with yourself part and I think that's equally important especially now so that's what I mean by uh, these kind of energies and if we accept and are going to accept this energy more then we f find this balance and then it doesn't really matter if you're a, fa um, um, a male or a female or whatever comes in between, yeah? Yeah, now I have a really great understanding of it because I think many men are going to hear female energy and go, oh, this has nothing to do with me. No. Because I hear female. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is just not, not my thing. Uh, it's about women. And it's not that. What Gabby has made me understand a lot more than I thought I did is that if you're a man, you definitely have female energy, whether you want to have it or not. And if you're a woman, you definitely have masculine energy because it's a balance, right? It's a yang and a yang. You need to have it. It's, it's, sorry, that I, but you need to have it because you have yeah. to take care of yourself. Why do you go at home at night to sleep? You have to recover. So even the, the masculine and feminine energy is during a day, you can do your sports. Then you do your masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Then you go back, take a shower, sit down, do a massage, you know? So it's also balance in the same person on the same day to, to really recover. And it has nothing to do with, uh, with, with uh, being feminine, mm -hmm. being uh, wearing dresses. So, you know, that's, that's not the point. It's, it's about the energy you need to take care of yourself and... Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I think people should realize and, and uh, even to make it into a health thing. I think a lot of men 
uh, males want to take care of people, have some kind of caring for the world and, 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 and repress it for a long time. Mm. So that actually makes you sick as well, that you have this sensitive and you want to sit on the couch and you want to recover, but you're not really allowed to because you need to do things, you need to go out, do boxing and do hiking and all those. But it's not always the time for that. So, and that can make you sick as well. If you don't uh, really listen to yourself, do I need this? Or do I think I need this? Do I need to do this? Because, I don't know, the system tells me to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see it and to hear it from that perspective because I've never, I've heard about female energy and male energy, but I just, yeah, categorized it to the male gender and the female gender and what makes us different as opposed to what actually makes us the same, mm. which is basically what you've made me understand is the yin and yang concept, uh, up and down, night and day, black and white. It's just supposed to be opposites that complete each other. So without the other, one cannot exist, basically. Mm. So they have to intertwine and inter-exist, but... How do you find the balance, maybe, is the thing. Because I told you this story. When I was much younger, I was, I think I was like seven, six or seven, I don't remember. My father was having a meeting in the UN building because he has to work around that area a lot. And I went with him because I'm always inquisitive to know what is going on. Because the job he was doing in diplomacy was always really intriguing to me. Even though I knew that I wanted to become a doctor somehow, I didn't know that life would bring me to a world or I would grow up in a world where I could be a medical practitioner and a diplomat at the same time. Because before there were two different fields, so you, you can do both, it's impossible. But here we are, anything is possible, they say. Is that I went with him, because maybe that's my female energy. I needed to know what was going on there, because I needed to know. So I went with him and it was a very important meeting. So I was obviously not allowed in in the meeting room. I think, like I said, I was six or seven, barely, probably. So I was left with the secretary, everything I needed, the juice, the TV, everything a child needs to be distracted was there. But there was a fire alarm switch in the hall of the main wings of the UN and I saw it, but I'd never seen a switch like that in my life because I guess they would only have that in the UN building, right? And he saw me looking at it and he said, don't you dare. And I said, but why? <laughs> he said, but why? Because that's how I am. That's how I've always been. But why? He said, because I said so. And that was the male energy. It wasn't wrong, but he was like, yeah, you shouldn't touch that because I said so. I'm your adult. I'm your father. And I said so. But my psychology and I guess my education and my generational education was like, oh, he's my dad and he's really important because of the work he does, but he's still just my dad. And his number one job to me is being my dad. So if he tells me not to do something without giving me a solid reason, I did it. So he went into the meeting and 20 minutes later, I touched it because I thought that you had to open it and then press the button inside. No, but as soon as you open the lever, that whole wing... I mean, I heard sirens from the furthest distance I've ever heard in my life. I didn't even know. In, in what felt like two minutes, there were what feels like a thousand police, SWAT, fire alarm cars at the UN. And my dad was like, well, just wait. I could hear him in the room. He's like, just wait. I know where this is coming from. So 
the police, everyone. I, I was famous that day. I was like the famous six-year-old who started something in the UN. And it was just, and they were just like, don't worry. This has never happened before that a child pulls this lever. But don't worry. My dad that day was so furious. He's like, I don't care if you get straight A's. You're grounded. You're not going to have a life forever and this and this and this and all those things that we say when we're angry. And he took me home to my mom and he's like, here's your son. I don't know what to do with him anymore. (laughs) And I think it took weeks to regain trust again. But I know that I remember very, very vividly. I was told not to do something, but I wasn't told why. If I was told, if you touch this button and you know, cars, helicopters, police are going to come, people are going to think you're in danger, I definitely would have thought twice. But I think this is how we nurture energy between people because, yes, the first male-female energy you have is from your parents, right? One will always be tougher, one will always be softer, one will be the one that you go to when you need things, the other will be the one that you go to when you need more attention, more emotional attention, So how we nurture that, because some people don't have that. Hmm. Some kids are not raised with two parents who will work hard to give them a future. And I'm seeing that now because I'm realizing that now that I observe the world. So I'm like, but this is the fault of our planet. It's not someone's fault if they gave birth and they can't take care of the child. But if the child is taken to a foster home, for example, and they are to be looked at by someone else, and the person doesn't give them the nurturing female and male energy they need, Because I also feel like maybe one person can have both male and female energy to give to another, right? Yeah, definitely. So I think you're right, yeah. I think like every child... uh, And I think it starts, and that's the thing as well, it starts... It's... it's, um, You have the child and you have the grown-up. But if the grown-up doesn't know what to do, this isn't really in contact with himself, it makes it like a difficult task to do this to be the per- so we we should also not be afraid to make mistakes because mistakes will happen and we are living persons learning persons but it's good what, what you do for example is to reflect and to see and to see what's happening and what did you do and being mad at somebody because he didn't give you what you needed doesn't isn't not gonna help yourself it's not gonna help somebody in the future so yeah, it keeps on coming back to, to really reflect. And reflecting is truly feminine energy. Like to reflect to yourself, how, are, how, how am I doing? How is this with myself, with my own energy? How is my body responding? How is my mind? Am I frustrated? Am I relaxed? And um, <laughs> it was a nice example you gave with the, with the fire alarm. <laughs> and that's actually a, a typical um the masculine energy thing what happened obviously so yeah but then to do the reflection and to let you know what's happening that would be a great uh, combination for you to 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 learn and to evolve yourself yeah but yeah so as we just wrap up now because there's a huge problem with male energy in the world, and that's why the female energy and the lockdown and the COVID is happening right now to kind of balance it out because it's gone way out of hand yeah. everywhere in the world, from North America to South America to Africa to parts of Europe and Asia, militant groups, men 
who all they know is the fighting. Yeah. All they know is the guns. All they know is that type of politics that they have seen other people exercise and hence they continue because that's what they think being a man is. It's only having male energy but not exercising their female energy to realize that if you can take a step back from your anything, from being a person, from being a psychopath, from being a terrorist, from being a rapist, from being a militant person, all of that, if you can take a huge step back and reflect on just the past week of your life, how many of these people do you think do that? Because that's the problem. They're not reflecting. No, we're not, we're not taught to do it. We're taught to think, we're taught to do. Like in the schools, it starts like, what did you do? What are you gonna do? What is, what is your, your actually age five, you get asked, what do you want to be when you grow old? It's, it's never about, ah, reflect. And I think things, because it's never is always a harsh word to say. I think really think things are changing because there's more and more uh, opportunity to do reflecting things and, and to do meditation and yoga. And people are really having a hunger to do these things to, you know, it's not for nothing. All those more soft skills come up in, into the market and people are doing that and paying a lot of money to go to a retreat just to be silent for, for a week or to do yoga for a week. It's, it's interesting how this comes up, but that's, we need, we want, we have an urge to get into a balance and we want to have this balance because we need it. Because what you said, if you repress it, if you either repress your male, because I'm not against the masculine energy because it's, otherwise you wouldn't get anywhere. Like you would sit on the couch with your tea like for four weeks and that's not what you want, but it's about balance. And some people have more energy to, to give. So they need to balance on a different way. So I, I'm not saying it works for everybody the same, uh, but, then again, come back to yourself and see what you need. But it's, it's, the challenge is to really get into yourself and to get to know yourself. Like, what do I need? Do I need to sit inside? Do I, go, do I need to go outside? So that's, I think that's the start point to really, really be honest to yourself. And if you're honest to yourself, you can be honest to others. You can be honest to your children. You can be honest to your parents you can be honest to everybody you meet because you can say like i'm tired tonight i just need to do this and grown-ups are a perfect example for children because why are we running so hard because we saw this from the generations before us because they had to build like a lot of work there was a lot to be done but we saw that so we copy what we see so if we can present some other behavior the, the generations after us can see like, oh, it's okay to do these kind of things, to not be running, to be doing, to, to achieve the highest of the highest, money-wise or career-wise, because there's a lot of highness to be achieved, which is not money or career, and it's more and more to be seen now. So, yeah, if, if we're talking about health, and we said that last time as well, what is inside you is inside the world. So if you can take care of a healthy yourself, you can make a healthy world as well. So I truly believe there that we, everything is connected. Yeah, because I feel like the only way to stop the militant groups, 
and corruption in Sub-Saharan Africa and the problems of this and corruption in South America and the problems of this and that and the police against the people in North America and the blacks versus the police and the same thing in Europe and then we go into Asia and militant groups just everywhere. It's for us to realize the importance of analysis, psychological analysis, emotional analysis and intelligence, but also teaching people that at a very young age, like you said, instead of putting the pressure on a five-year-old of what they're going to be when they grow up, because that's the only way we have a life, is also money is the currency for our life itself. If you don't have money, you don't have life because you can't eat, you can't live, you can't get medicated, you can't get vaccinated, you can't get anything. So maybe that also is obviously male energy, the one currency to survive, because I don't think that's a currency of comfort it's the currency of hard work. doesn't matter how rich you are, you have to work incredibly hard to get to that, if you do it correctly, at least, or legally. But if we don't start asking ourselves, why are these people doing this now, when the world should be united because we have a virus that is killing us? Mm. Why are these people using this advantage now, the militant groups in sub-Saharan Africa, this happening in North America, all around the world? Why is it happening now? It's because they don't have the basic emotional intelligence to accept and to understand what is going on because they've never learned how to express themselves. They've only been taught that they have to keep quiet, they have to behave like men, they have to exercise male energy and block out the female energy, which is you going, I need help today, or I need to seek for help, or I need to seek for attention for help because if I don't, this will destroy me. And this is what happens. For some of them, it might even be too late. It's not about changing them. No. It's about letting them accept who they've become, but not comparing them to what we call normal in quotes, because let's be honest, what is normal in 2021? I don't even know what to define normal as anymore. So it's make them understand that. And also, one thing that I really agree with is to stop the fighting, to stop the wars, to stop all of that because that's only making it worse that's exactly how we got to where we are and we're going even worse as that keeps on happening why because you can send the best troops into all these militant regions that i keep seeing in the news and people shoot each other and end it for one year 10 years but it's coming back hmm. because the problem the psychology of that person was never understood and found not, not resolved it's just exactly being repressed as well so you have to give light to the problem of give energy or open air to the problem and have a like a normal decent conversation but obviously that's not the easy thing to do eh? so uh, and and for me not to be frustrated about this because when i'm frustrated my world gets frustrated and that's not what i want so to not be frustrated i'll see what i can do what I can change and uh, to, um, if you want to ask a five-year-old, just ask his longing. What do you want? What do you need instead mm -hmm. of what, do you, what are you going to do? So, and that kind of questions, obviously I'm not able to talk to a militant person to ask what do you really want, but that's, these kind of little things are going to change this world if we, if we start asking 
the right questions to each other on it because you have also masculine and feminine questions you can ask so yeah so it's it's an interesting because uh, f- we keep talking now about micro perspective and mm-hmm. macro and macro is like the worldwide the global mm-hmm. thing and the, the micro is yourself mm-hmm. so and this this balance also has to be like uh, small versus big and not be oblivion to what's uh, going on in the mm-hmm. in the in the big world but also not to be oblivion what's going on inside and sometimes the inside part is even more uh, frightening and scary to look at so you're going to project like all your frustrations on how oh, the world is is going to an end and uh, everything is going bad because that's more easy than to look inside but i believe like if we start like inside and go outside then we will work the right way yeah so as we wrap up i'm just going to finish with that those people these psychopaths because that's just the medical term that i need to give to it so that the situation is taken a lot more seriously than because i've seen on the news i've seen looters i've seen raiders you know looters people who just walk into stores and destroy everything because they're angry it's happened in the u.s Mm -hmm. a very advanced country so it's not even a matter of the people in south america and africa are not educated people need to just drop that yeah i call it nonsense on the side that differentiation that nonsense has to stop because what you're doing to someone's psychology is you're telling them they don't have the right to express their anger because they've been holding it for so many years and now it's destroying them but if we're going to stop the militant problem in parts of the world, from Asia to Africa to South America, if we're going to stop the stealing, the raping, those men, those boys, go and join us. Some people go and join these groups because that's the only easy outcome they have. How do you stop that? It's conversation. It's me going that when I decide, or if I can, if I ever have the opportunity to sit down on a WhatsApp call or whatever with a person who is the head of a militant group, I'm treating that person as a human being. Mm-hmm. Not as a, I'm not going to negotiate with you because you're a terrorist, or how do I negotiate with you so that you can bring back life? Yeah. You can bring back people who were kidnapped. I mean, they're taught this, so this is what normal is for them. They don't know any so this is why I like the medical aspect of my work, not because I work like a medical doctor, but this is medical diplomacy, is I have to really think about the fact that they have to be listened to, they have to be treated equally, because I took an oath in office the first day of medical school that whoever, whenever, if they need my medical attention, I have to provide them with that medical attention. And then the law and the diplomacy, and they can do their jail time or whatever, but If I forget that, then I treat them like how their governments treat them, like looters, like hoodlums, like um, lost souls. But that's not going to fix the problem. Adding more adjectives and nouns to how they become, you're aggravating the situation when you send military, when you name them like that, when you put them on TV for the world to see them, you're making the situation worse as opposed to finding 
professionals in health, in psychology, life coaches like you, to speak to these people on the phone, be like, I'm not working for any government, no government tells me what to do, but when they see government officials from everywhere, from the United Nations around, and I have people I know, family, family friends are working really hardworking positions, but to a militant, you're still just that person that they don't want to hear what you have to say. Hmm. They don't want to know how you're trying. And many people are trying, but they don't care. These military, this is their psychology. I think actually they're... Because nobody grows up, no five-year-old hopefully will say, I'm going to be a militant. I'm going to... Hey, you know, so it's not what they want. So if you... It's, it's for example, if people smoke. Nobody really wants to smoke. So if you're smoking and somebody says you should quit, it's not really helping. It actually gets you angry. Because you know that some, somewhere deep inside you know it. That if somebody gonna tell you oh, you should do this, you you will rebel against it and just maybe smoke more or you know it's it's not helping anybody to say you should do this if you know this inside like very far away if you know and feel like what you do is not what you want to do like your nature so what you said like if you keep repressing them they will be fighting back harder and harder and harder because they don't want to be this in nature they they became this and they they're fighting for the thing they know and and that's what it's gonna so we're gonna keep this exactly the way it is as long as we are doing the way we are doing the things at this moment so that's why there's no pro progression in this part all right, so we're going to keep on speaking about these things because I really like this topic about, topic about male and female energy because now people have an understanding that it's not just some spiritual, ooh, you know, we're not running around a fireplace or something like that. It's mm -hmm. a real thing because that's how many people perceive it. I used to laugh like that. I used to be like, energy, huh? that's not for me. I'm here on the earth. You know, I want to be grounded, but... Well, you understand that it's what is in you as opposed to what is around you or in the sky, then you start understanding energy. So I'm looking into this solution because my generation is going to do it differently, whether I get listened to in time or not, or we get listened to in time, or women get the rights they need in time, whether that happens or not, my generation is doing it differently. And that's me playing my part and going, these people, this militant people, even if they are stopped if they are murdered if they are bombed if they are whatever they're bombed you still need to do the medical investigation of why and how and who knew them when they were growing up mm. who are they not to go and prosecute them and to jail them and to kill all of them also you're making it worse because they know they touched one more person that you will never meet mm. and if they do that that one person will continue their legacy because that's how legacies work in life so thank you, Gabby, for this conversation that I feel like it had to happen like this today because we talk about really positive things and that's life. But life coaching is also me realizing that, yeah, what's going on in the world is affecting me. And I need to talk to someone who is going to listen and give me the outcomes because they're listening. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how many doctors don't listen. They hear, but they don't listen. Yeah. So they hear the words and they can write the prescription and then you do show you all their millions of diplomas. But they don't know any of their patients. Mm. And then many end up misdiagnosing, making the right decisions, not making the right decisions. That's part of their humanity. 
maybe their masculine energy. I think also, again, this is a part of a system because it's not like, look, if you're a doctor, you want to do your best because mm -hmm. you chose, like you have an internal urge to help people most of the time. Yeah. So if you get pressed in like, I want, I need to do this quickly and I, I don't have time. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but in Holland, you got 10 minutes. It's really quick. So getting to know people And if you have a lot of people on a day, so it's almost the system doesn't make it easy for them. Let's do, let's say that. So that's for me, I'm like, yeah, we, we, it's not the doctors, it's the system. It's not the human factor because the human factor as well is willing, is, is wanting to help others. But the system is making it. I have a lot of friends working in care, like healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I see how much paperwork they have to do yeah. instead of the work they want to do. They, they didn't sign up to be paperworked all day, like to have to do a lot of those things, but yeah. they signed up to help people. But it's, it's almost getting impossible to give the care that you want to. And they got frustrated. And that's how the system works. So I think, leave the system. They, we have to do what the purpose, and that's what I say, like, If you do something, do check in with the purpose of what you want to do and not the rules mm -hmm. which involve or the system yeah. we made. If you want to go outside to have a walk, do the walk, but don't do all those other things. And if you uh, are uh, a postman, deliver the post because you want to deliver the post and not if you have like, uh, oh yeah, the time is up or you know, things like that. Just do what you want to do, make sure The things you do, do them with passion, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I feel like we're ending and yeah, then we continue and then we end. No, 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 no. It's a good thing. It's just like, I feel like I say I said the last thing and then now I want to say something else. But I mean, God, it's, it's really simple for me to see it and it's simple for you to see it because I've done a lot of reflection. I like to do a lot of that reflection, but looking deep inside us. Is the first step, as you've mentioned, actually multiple times, because there are many things that we're not willing to face or to accept about life or our situation so that we can make it better. And prayer is important daily. If you do that spiritually, yoga, meditation, whatever it is you do is important. But you also need to exercise that in the way that you interact with people. Because I think many people do the prayer in their churches and their mosques at home and wherever they do. But then once the prayer is done, they're back to life. As opposed to exercising what they believe in the most in their life on a daily basis. So with that, I'm just going to end and we're going to continue this when we continue this. That's the great thing about this podcasting is we don't have dates and times that we keep people waiting because that's also not very nice. So thank you very much, Gabby. Um, I hope to speak to you soon then. Yeah, thank you for this nice, interesting, and also it's a lot covering uh, uh, interview, and I, I love to speak to you. So thank you. All right, looking forward to that and hoping that everyone has a great week and stays healthy and strong. And I think staying healthy and strong is eating right the best you can walking like we've said, drinking water when you can, getting your multivitamins, whether it's from supplements or from natural food. And the one thing you're really passionate about every day.
there you go. From my life, actually, she's told me that, and I have been trying to do that. If I'm not drawing or painting, then I'm walking and I'm hiking because you can be like, I don't have to do it today. But once you break the cycle, then catastrophe can happen. You know, buildings fall over, and it's not about order or just the system. Like you mentioned about the system before, about how doctors have to work. Here in Spain, it's you get 12 minutes per patient to sit down, figure out what their problems are and make sure you don't misdiagnose them. And it's one person after the other and it can be like eight people and then you get a break or five people, then you get a small break. But I think this is why I've always been the way that I am, stubborn. Going back to that story of when I was six or seven, it's a personality trait. Mm -hmm. That my parents have learned to, to learn to accept me. They had to learn the hard way to accept me. But it's a personality trait. I don't want to be part of that system. And that's how I've always been. Because every time I work with doctors, they're like, you do what you want to do, but you do it correctly. And I'm like, yes, but you can do the same. But it's not about being brave. I'm not braver than them. I'm just not as fearful of what could happen if I take the step that is calling me the most. I'm more like, this is calling me, this country is calling me, this medical diplomacy is calling me, this life purpose is calling me, why should I be afraid of it? Because I have more regrets not going for it when it's calling me the most than being too scared, which is human, it's normal, I've been there, but then you live with, what if I had taken it that first day? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's life. Okay. Okay, Yeah. Before we get into it. (laughs) Okay. All right, everyone. Have a nice week and take care of yourselves, please.